Hey bird fans, this is John Pemberton and you're listening to Bird Fans Forever podcast. Go birds! Hello everyone, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 13. Reminder to everyone if you haven't already done so to follow us on Twitter at BirdFansForever. And our central point of information is our website, www.birdfansforever.com. On the website, you can find a tab with links to our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, and others, as well as a tab to our to access our videos on YouTube, where we're also called Bird Fans Forever. So subscribe and follow us on Twitter and YouTube so you can be up to date with everything going on from us. Our guest for today is Coach Jay Lowenthal, who coached college basketball for 14 years and coached at Illinois State from 1989 to 1993. Um, he coached Illinois State through two regular season championships and coached John in the NCAA tournament in 1990 versus Michigan. We'll be right back with the coach. Hello and welcome to Bird Fans Forever. Our guest is Jay Lowenthal. He was my coach from 1989 to 1990. He actually coached from 1989 to 93 with ISU. Did I get that right? That yes. is correct. No, uh, he knows I'm dyslexic, so it's not a surprise if I get it wrong. And, and, and maybe in the bloopers we'll let out what I did dumb, but that's okay. So we're talking to Coach Lowenthal. Jay, we always talk about how you got the ISU, but we're going to stop and hold on that one. We're going to talk about the Pontiac Tournament. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in Pontiac, just 35 miles from Bloomington Normal, and... In high school, and it still exists, there's a holiday tournament. It's the oldest tournament in the United States of America, high school tournament uh, at the, at the Christmas time. Um, and I first got there, or I, I should say I first uh, knew Coach Bender uh, when he moved to Bloomington his sophomore year in high school. Um, and we started to know each other playing in the summertime and those kinds of things. Um, and just became friends, even though that we were competing against each other, just, just, which is what commonly happens when you're on a basketball court. Um, but the, the, we had a lot of fun in Pontiac. Uh, I was very, very fortunate. My senior year, we, were, we had a good team. Uh, we were ranked in the state. Uh, we started off well the, in November and carried into December. Um, and uh, a little bit of bragging, uh, carefully. Um, we, my senior year was the only, or is the only Pontiac High School team to win the Pontiac Holiday Tournament in however many years it is now. Um, I can't even tell you how many. Uh, but so it was, it was fun. The, one of the interesting things about that tournament, Bloomington High School was playing in it with Coach Bender. And if I remember correctly, I think Bloomington opened the tournament at 9 a.m. in the morning, the very first day. And Coach Bender just went, wild. Uh, he got 50-some points in the first game, and everybody thought that Bloomington was just going to roll through the tournament, and there were some really good teams in there. So uh, I'm, I'm glad he got that record, uh, but I'm even <laughs> happier that we won the tournament. <laughs> yeah, and for those not, you know, we always talked to our guests before. I said to Coach, I said, hey, did, did Coach Bender get 50 in you? And he's like, no, no, he didn't get 50 in me. <laughs> Was not on Pontiac. Was not, not on Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, lead into 
how did you get to ISU? So Coach Bender, I mean, what a great guy. Uh, every, you know, anybody that's been around ISU knows that. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you can be talking to and be best buddies with, and you can be distanced for whatever reason. So, I mean, you know, he goes off to Indiana. I went to Vanderbilt, and he ends up, he transfers to Duke, and you know, we don't see each other, anything along those lines. He goes straight into coaching at Duke. Uh, I took a, a little bit of a detour to get into college coaching, but did and uh, bumped into him. I was the head coach at Quincy College in Quincy, Illinois at the time. And I remember we were at the Final Four and Duke was playing on Saturday. And the Illinois State job had just come open. Um, so there was a lot of conversation about who's might get it, uh, what's going to take place. Um, and I was hanging out in the lobby uh, at the final floor. Uh, Coach Bender came in on Sunday afternoon. I hadn't seen him in at least a couple of years. He did. He, he was in Quincy one time and stopped in and we got a chance to catch up a little bit. Uh, and I just said, hey, I heard a rumor and heard that you are maybe in line for, not necessarily got it yet, but in line for the job at ISU. I said, if you get it, I'd love to be one of your assistant coaches. And this was on a Sunday, uh, championship games on Monday. Uh, go back uh, to Quincy after the Final Four, and just probably a day later, it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and my phone rings at my house in Quincy. And it's Coach Bender on the other line. And he says, hey, what are you, and it's, and it's early. I mean, it's like <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning. And I, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I, actually just filled my car up with gas and I got to go to Chicago to pick a recruit up and bring him back to Quincy's campus for an official visit. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm out in California. I said, okay. He said, I'm out watching a, watching a high school kid play and just getting ready to do that. And I said, you know what? I said, it's 8 o'clock in Illinois. It's 6 o'clock in California. You're not in a high school gym watching a kid play. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? And he said, well, okay, you're right. He said, uh, I am on my way back to Bloomington Normal. Um, they're going to announce me as the new head coach tomorrow. And I said, that is absolutely fantastic. He said, you need to get somebody else to go to Chicago and pick up that recruit and have his visit. He said, can you be in Bloomington Normal at 10 o'clock tonight? He said, I'm flying in. And I got to meet with Ron Wellman, was the athletic director at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to meet with them, and then I want to meet with you, and I want you to be my assistant coach. I want you to be the recruiting coordinator. And I said, well, that's fabulous. I said, what happened to the interview? He said, we just had it. Are you in or not? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at ISU as, as one of his assistant coaches. Do you remember where you went that night in Bloomington, or did you just hang out somewhere? Oh no! So uh, one of one of my very best friends from Pontiac uh, that I grew up with is a guy that you all know by the name of Larry Lyons, mm -hmm. uh, who was the oh yeah who was in the you know in the athletic department for thirty some years and did a great job as an assistant AD and then the athletic director. Um, so Bob said, "I'll meet you at Larry's house at ten o'clock tonight." So I got in the car and instead of driving to Chicago, I drove to Bloomington Normal. And, hung out with Larry and his wife and 
we waited till 10 o'clock to knock on the door and in comes coach bender and gosh i can't remember how late we stayed up talking and trying to figure stuff out what happens tomorrow and what happens the day after that and how do we get this thing going wow that is awesome and and being a player i never knew that right until just now and then um I'm not sure many people knew how that transpired. No, no, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Holy cow, right? And, you know, uh, Sonny and I and Gerard and Ricky and Randy were on. You know, we got to interview coaches and, and do that. And I thought that was kind of progressive of, of Ron Wellman at the time. Um, Larry Lyons had only been two or three years at that point. He had just started his career um, about the same time, I, I, just because I've known him, uh, not nowhere near as long as you have, but he's was a huge influence with, you know, helping me get through under the Donawald era. Mm -hmm. And um, so, oh, that is awesome, right? And, and I saw, you know, for the fans, you know, the ISU fans, I coach comes walking down the stairs at St. Louis, and I'm like, coach, and he's sitting with Larry Lyons. You had gone and seen Coach Jacoletti the night before at St. Louis. You were in for a conference, and that was great to see. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So, Coach, we, we got a new uh, coaching staff at ISU, right? And you guys just talked about you were the first assistant that was hired very, very shortly after Coach Bender was hired. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you guys do, like, to sit down and come up with a game plan, you know, how to put, you know, all those things together to you know, start the program and stuff like that. Like, how does that work? Well, I remember, uh, if I remember correctly, and John, you might be able to help. Uh, so Coach Bender got introduced uh, at the press conference. Um, and I'm just kind of hanging out in the background because I think it's probably appropriate for Coach Bender to be introduced before he announces who one of his assistants are. Um, and right after the press conference, we had a team meeting. I couldn't tell you where it was, somewhere in Redbird Arena. And one of the things that we talked about was we got to find out who's going to be here next year. Uh, you know, who's going to stay, who's not going to stay when there's a coaching change. You just never know what's going to happen, uh, how that all transpires, uh, how many slots do you have to fill, uh, anything along those lines. What kind of recruiting are you going to jump, go jump into? I mean, the X's and O's, they were way down the road. That didn't start happening yeah. until the summertime. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had to figure out. Coach Bender needed to fill out his staff uh, the rest of the way. We needed to find out you know, what players were going to hang around. Um, so that was the that was the first step. And I can remember a lot of long conversations. And I'm sure Coach Bender had done his homework about you know who else did he want to try and hire and who else did he want to bring on staff, things of that nature. And gosh, I I will tell you that I am so very fortunate because that staff was so close knit. God, yes. um, that it was everybody got along um, you know it was a, it was a smart staff from a basketball perspective uh, there were some very good basketball minds on that staff there were great personalities there was terrific camaraderie and it all started with coach Bender yeah I remember so who was the first who was the first player you guys recruited do you know that oh gosh <laughs> who was in that first class I don't well, know you, who I don't you, know who the first I don't know who the first commitment was that we got, but the freshman yeah. class behind John uh, was uh, Mike Vandegaard, Todd Wimhainer, Scott Taylor, uh, yeah. and I'm missing somebody. There was Barnes. a fourth one. 
Charles Barnes. No. Yes, Charles Barnes, correct. Because he was Richard's cousin. At first I was thinking he and Richard came in together. But he was, Charles was cousin to Richard Thomas. And that's how we got turned on to him initially. Um, okay. It was probably by either Richard or Richard's father. Uh, and we started recruiting Charles. And sure enough, we ended up with a, a pretty good class. Those guys had... Uh, a great class. Had, I'll say that the, I won't say that they had four great years because their freshman year was atrocious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say that all four years at ISU were just a, a blast, but they weren't. Uh, that second year that we were there was, oh, nightmares. Nightmares. So our second year uh, on staff at Illinois State, unfortunately, was not quite as fun as that first year was. Uh, we were <laughs> We were we finished five and twenty three overall. I think we were in the cellar in the in the valley, um, and there were some very very long nights to say the least. There were some uh, very very long practices. There were some uh, uh, there was probably a little bit of complaining on the part of the players in addition to the coaches. Um, <laughs> but we uh, you know it was such a hard year to follow. John senior year our eighty nine ninety season. We won the Valley Tournament. We came in second in the conference in the tournament that year. We uh, made a great showing against Michigan in the NCAA Tournament. And, uh, might have even gotten to play against Loyola of Marymount when, when Hank Gathers went through all that. Um, and we came in with uh, as little experience the second year compared to as much experience as we had that first year. And uh, John will attest, and I've heard everybody knows that you know, when you're around for four years and all of a sudden you're seniors, you're three years older, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're faster. All of a sudden, we were playing with all those freshmen. Um, and one thing that really didn't help us, little did I understand that at the time, but we opened that second year at Dayton on ESPN um, because of how well we had done the first, you know, the, the previous year. Um, Two days before we play Dayton, Scott, Fold Scott Fowler goes down with torn ligaments in his knee. And oh. he's done for the year, and he's redshirted. And the freshman had no clue what to do. Um, didn't know how to respond, didn't know what to do next. Scott was going to be the rock uh, for that team. Um, and we go to Dayton, and we got drilled. I mean, we got beat probably by 30 or 40 points. Um, and I hope it was only 30 or 40. Maybe it was even more. Um, that was, and I'll never forget, you know, I, I was pumping out stuff to all of our recruits saying, hey, you know, you know check us out. We're opening, we're opening game on ESPN at Dayton. And two nights later, I'm going, God, I hope nobody watched that. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, that was not the only game that year that had that kind of a scenario. Uh, we uh, we started the season 0-12, and, and it was a long, long, long December, let me tell you. Um, what was so interesting about that year was we ended up beating Creighton in a game who went on and and I think won the tournament. Won the Valley, year. yep, because they would have yeah. had both Gallagher and Harstead back. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, you know what's even more amazing? You guys won three games in a row. Now we only win five, 
And we won three a, in a row. And you win three games in a row. And that was after that 0-12 start. I think you guys won three in a row. Indiana State, Creighton. I was just looking this up. And uh, um, at Missouri State. Wow. No, no. Oh. Uh, Creighton, Drake, and, and Indiana State. So you, you win three games in a row. Did you think at that point you had turned it around? Oh, because I, you didn't. Because no, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think the only turnaround we were looking for at, uh, at that point in time was the exit to see how quick we could get out. <laughs> but I got to give those guys credit. Um, you know, that was a group that we might have only had one senior on that team, and I can't even remember who it was. Sam Sears. Um, you're exactly right. It was Sam. Um, so Sam graduates. Um, we get, uh, and we had, uh, I think Xavier left the program, mm -hmm. uh, and he transferred out. So we had a couple of scholarships, um, and it was a situation where credit to those guys that were freshmen and went through such a rough time and, and absolutely no fun. Um, coaching staff wasn't fun to be around with the players, uh, you know. As a coaching staff, we were good, but you know, just it's just not that same bond that we had with John's senior class. Um, but they bounced back. You know, the next two years, we might be the only team in the Missouri Valley to go from uh, second in the conference, winning the conference championship tournament, to the cellar, to winning the conference regular season. So we made that kind of a turnaround, primarily with the same group of guys. Um, so it was it was really good. We won the we won the regular season in the Missouri Valley, uh, and if my memory is right, I can't remember who, but we got beaten the championship game of the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, and unfortunately, yeah. and unfortunately, uh, we you know, at that time, you know, two teams in the valley just didn't get into the tournament, um, but we didn't even get an NIT bid, and I know that we were really disappointed with that. So we came back. Those guys were juniors. Um, and it was our fourth year at ISU, and we did a repeat. Uh, we won the Valley Conference regular season, uh, got to the conference championship uh, game, uh, got beat in a barn burner, uh, and repeat performance. We didn't get an NCAA bid, didn't get an IT bid. Uh, so there was there were some broken hearts, but those guys came back really strong. And uh, I think I could say, uh, if you asked them, hopefully they would say that they had a good four years uh, in spite of their freshman year. But wouldn't you say as a coach and as a player at Vanderbilt, and I will have a Vanderbilt highlight of coach so you laugh, but <laughs> those those character building years are, are important, right? Um, to build that character so that you build that mentality that you can win through anything, right? And so that's a big factor. There's no question. And I think as bad as that second year that we were there at ISU was, it helped create a huge bond that, John, your senior year, you guys had. You'd been through stuff. I mean, these were guys that were there. It was their third year. They'd been through hell. Uh, we worked them really hard that summer. We worked them really hard in the preseason. They came in. They had a good attitude. Uh, they started to believe in what we could do, and we put them in good positions to be successful. And next thing you know, you know, we started off pretty good. Um, yeah. And we gained a little bit of momentum, and they got a little bit of confidence, and things turned out really well that, sec uh, that their second year, our third year as a staff there. And we continued on, and I think we left it in 
really great shape when uh, Coach Bender went on to Washington. Uh, you know, there were, uh, I think there were four starters back uh, from that team. So felt really good. I mean, it was kind of like the situation that we inherited with you five seniors coming in for our first year. So that was really, really good. I do have to tell one story on Pemberton. Um, so John, you may or may not know, wasn't the greatest free throw shooter at ISU. Um, wasn't horrible, but wasn't great. 70s. And, what's that? 70%. 70%. Well, yeah. you know, that, that's better than what I thought you were. I'll give yeah. you, I got to give you credit then, so I, <laughs> I take that back. But uh, you might have been going through a stretch where free throws weren't, weren't dropping for you. Towards, yeah. And this was in February. This was crunch time. And uh, we, were, we were in need of a, of a big win and a lift, um, the last regular season game of the year in Redbird Arena. Uh, in 89-90 was against Creighton, who was doing great, needless to say, and very, very good. And if I get my stats right, and I didn't look at it to double-check it, so uh, bear with me, but I think, John, you hit like 15 out of 16 free throws that game. Um, and I, I'll never forget. That's how I got back up to 70%. Well, and I did against St. Louis. I told you what a good free throw shooter. I did it against St. Louis, too. I went 13 or 14 also. See? So, See? Yeah. But I'll never forget that at one point in the second half, and you won't remember this probably, and that's certainly okay, but at one point in the second half, you had a one-and-one one or a two-shot foul, whatever it was. You made your first one. For some reason, you caught my eye, or I caught your eye, in between the two free throws, and you just kind of looked at me and gave me one of those, I don't know how this is happening. <laughs> and, and I just said, and I just said, I looked at you, and I just said, just make the second one. <laughs> and you did. So, uh, but that was, a, that was a catapult to us, needless to say, for the Creighton game. Uh, and gave us the momentum to go into the conference tournament uh, at Redbird Arena, which was Boy, just a little bit of fun. Holy cow, was that a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, just, uh, you know, those those are the good old days, so to speak, for uh, conference tournaments and selling out and loud noises and great crowds. And, I mean, there were as many people from southern Illinois there as there were at ISU, and you couldn't tell who was winning or who had the ball or who had the momentum or what was going on, and it was just a dogfight with a great atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, good news is we – Won three in that tournament, came out the winner at SI, uh, against SIU, and went on to California and played Michigan in the NCAA tournament. So it was it was fun. It was a great way to end that John senior year. Let's talk about Ricky's shot. So, coach, let's talk about that first, and then we'll go into Scotty's charges. So, all right. So, championship game it was really a conference tournament, our first season there, and uh, it's nip and tuck. Uh, it's late in the game. I can't remember how late or what the score is, who's ahead. But all I remember is Ricky catches a ball right right in front of me uh, on the bench, and I've got a view right past Ricky is the basket. And Ricky lets it go, and it's a deep three. I mean, it's an NBA three in today's game. And Were you thinking no? Up. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, what are you taking that shot? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Ricky. It's Ricky. So you know, go ahead, Ricky. Go ahead and do it. Um, so he takes the shot. Before the ball goes through the net, Ricky has jumped in the air twice and split his legs. And the ball goes through the net, and he's the first guy 
down to the defensive end of the floor, and he is as fired up as Ricky could ever be. Uh, and the whole place just erupts and goes crazy. And I'll just never, I'll, I'll never forget that image because it happened right in front of me in such a critical part of the game. And then another one that I'll never forget is Scott Fowler. Um, it was late in the second half, very late. Um, and I, I wish I knew exactly how late it was, but Scott takes a charge on the baseline on the other end away from the bench um, because in the second half, we always had the offense going in front of our bench and the defense going on the other end of the floor. Uh, Scott takes a charge on somebody from SIU uh, about 18 feet from the basket, and it gets us the ball back. And I think there's under a minute left in the game. I might be wrong. But uh, there was never a bigger defensive play in the 14 years that I was a college basketball coach than that play right there. And Scott, I think, had had a couple of other charges during the course of the game, too. Three, Three in the others. first half, right, Steve? Three in the first yeah. half. So I, so I just watched this. Your, your team had drew four charges in the first half, and, and Scott had three. And, and if, if we were all just sitting around, right, and we said, okay, which player would draw three or four charges in a game? I'd be like Randy, yeah. right? You, you know, Randy, not Scott, right? And Sonny's the other one. <laughs> yeah. So you're – so – you know, you were just talking about how Coach Bender came in and, and was so hyper focused on defense, right? And Billy, you went, you were, you know, reminding us that Billy was a defensive player of the year. Your bigs, Scott takes three and Sonny takes one charge yeah. in the in the first half, right? It was, I mean, it was a big, big thing to our staff. It was a big deal to talk about defense because the, and I still believe that. I'm not coaching anymore, but you know. It's great to score a lot of points, but if you can shut the other team down because you're not going to be able to shoot the ball well one night, uh, it's huge. I mean, look at the NCAA tournament in recent years. Uh, who has a bad shooting night? That team doesn't win very often. But if they can play defense and stop the other team from scoring, then they still have a chance. But personal philosophy, that's a whole other deal. Um, but, the, but we came in as a staff with a, a very strong belief that defense was going to have a chance to always keep you in the game. Uh, no matter if you shot the ball well or didn't shoot the ball well, if you stopped the other team from scoring, there's a chance. Um, so it was really good and fun to, to see you guys take hold of that as the season progressed. And there is no question that the defensive end of the floor was very good to the Redbirds that year. Yeah. yeah. So, Coach, go through like what's going through your mind like that last – 30, 40 seconds, whatever it was. Southern comes down. They take a shot. We stop them, right? Right. And then there's like an outlet pass, and, and we bring the ball over to, uh, on their side. But somehow there's a turnover, right? It's just like chaos. It's Everyone's it's screaming. Like right. It, the ball's bouncing all over the place. Somehow someone's taking a shot. There's like a double pump, right? Someone flies in front of them. I'm thinking, don't follow them, right? It was close. And they actually got a shot off. They did. What, what are you thinking during that thing? Well, I mean, you almost wanted to call timeout, but you didn't have time because the ball turned over so much so quick. <laughs> Either coach had a, had a chance to call timeout and get it settled. So it goes ping pong back and forth. And the other vivid memory that I have of that game uh, in the championship is that Southern ends up with the ball. We're up three. Uh, they end up with the ball with – seconds left. I don't know who has it for them, but he's going down the floor and 
either we don't guard him or somebody didn't pick him up or whatever it was, he lets it fly. And for whatever reason, from where I was on the bench, it was the old football term, wide right. There is no question that it wasn't going in. And I just remember jumping up and down and shaking my arms. And that was, this was before the horn went off because I knew it was wide right. Uh, the, horn, the horn goes off, and it just was pandemonium at its best. Yeah. Yeah. It was so loud, that game. Oh, it was great. So loud. It was great. Yeah. I, I think you would have called timeout and no one would have heard you anyways. Well, uh, the referees wouldn't have known it. They, they wouldn't have known we were calling timeout. They couldn't have heard anything. <laughs> well, the number of people, you, you, there's, if somebody would tell me there's 12,000 in Redbird Arena, I would not, it would not, I mean, because they were putting, remember that coach, they were putting squares up on the, on the atrium level, four and five deep with numbers in them to sell extra tickets. Yeah, it was an SRO, it was standing room only that game, yeah. I and mean, it was, I mean, I, it was, I, I got to confess, I think that that is the game that I had the most phone calls and requests for tickets from friends of mine that I'd ever had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, just, there was just nowhere to put them. But what a great environment. And, you know, it was, it was just obviously so much fun. And it was, it was great to be able to prepare. Uh, you know, we played Drake in the first game and won on a nail biter. Uh, we played Creighton and blew him out by three, I think, or two. <laughs> Um, and then we got a day off, and we got a chance to, to regroup a little bit. And Southern was uh, was you know they were very good. They won the they won the regular season that year. And I think if I remember right, I think we split with them. Uh, I think they got us pretty home. good at their place, and we got them we got them at our place. So it was it was the rubber match, and it was ESPN, and it was live, and it was fun, and it was loud, and uh, the right team won also. So that was good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Can't disagree. So, Coach, you, you, you coached for 14 years, right? Correct. Yeah, so, so it's probably like a couple couple hundred uh, players came through, maybe a little bit more, like 210, 250. Does Pemberton make the top 200 or not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you may find this hard to believe, but he probably hits the top 175. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I was really fortunate. You know, I, I coached for 14 years. I've got uh, coaches that I was with that I still consider friends that I still talk to, uh, those kinds of things. Some players as well. Um, you know, so it was, it, was a, it was a great 14 years. I wouldn't trade anything for it. Um, I loved it, uh, even in the – the bad times, like the second year at Illinois State, it was still uh, what you wanted to be doing. You knew that you were going to be working with 18 to 22-year-old guys that were looking up to you for direction. Uh, you had a chance to influence their life, not just during that time, but for the rest of their life. And that's what we talked about when we were recruiting. Uh, and Coach Bender was a firm believer in that. Uh, and uh, the whole staff was as well. And I think that's one of the reasons that we got along as well as we did. Um, but there were some there were some good players and a chance to, to see some people go on and play either in Europe or uh, in the NBA for a little bit and kind of go from there. But it was it was good. It, that was you know people ask me today and say you know do you miss college coaching? It's, it's a real simple answer. You miss the things that were fun and you don't miss the things that weren't. Just like in what you do and what anybody else does in their line of work, there are some things that they just don't like doing and there are some things that they just love doing. 
in college basketball coaching was the exact same way. Um, but working with the players, uh, I enjoyed practice. It was a chance to teach. It was a chance to bond with the players. It was a chance to see them improve. It was a chance to see them mature. And then you saw the fruits of the labor of all that happen during, uh, during games. All right, so we were going to chat a little bit about the NCAA. Coach Morris talked about it, right, and what was it like? Um, for a lot of us, it's, most of us only got one shot at this, including a lot of the coaches. Count me in. Yeah. I only got one shot at it. It was my first and only only opportunity at the, in, the, in the NCAA tournament. So um, you're down, you're a 35-point underdog to the defending national champions. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys were doing the scouting report, were you just looking at that going, we, we don't really have anybody that can match up with anybody, right? I so, mean, so the, the game plan was put the players on the plane, let the coaches stay behind and watch it on TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think that it, it's a reflection of what took place our first year with you guys and the, the, the growth that you guys had and that we had as a team that, you know, it was just difficult for you guys coming in with a new coaching staff your senior year as it was for us to come in with players that we didn't know anything about. Um, and for you guys to, to bond the way that you did and to start to believe and we had a great February uh, with momentum going in. So there was no reason to believe that, you know, that's what upsets are for in the NCAA tournament. That's why they play the tournament. So we prepared the best way that we could. I don't even remember who had the scout for Michigan, but it was a good game plan. Uh, we executed. Well, then you should take credit for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, <laughs> no one's going to know. Now Just take I, credit. Now that I think about it, I think I had the scout for the Michigan game. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but it was, it was good. I mean, you know, I can remember that we would always get together as a staff and, and sit in, in the conference room there in the office and we'd be watching tape and we'd listen to whoever the scout was and we'd throw our two cents in and there was give and take and there was a, a, a real camaraderie and a real understanding of the game and well gosh maybe we should try this or maybe we should try that and let's do this and uh, it, it worked for us and, and you guys came to compete and that's all you can ask for so uh, we tried to get you as ready as we could uh, try and take the distractions away. You know, thank goodness Coach Bindert had experience in the NCAA as a player and as a coach. Coach King had experience in the NCAA as a player, and the rest of us were just novices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it was good. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a it was a great game. It was nip and tuck. Um, you know, the the wrong team won that game, but that happens sometimes. <laughs> it was a great game, though. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, being able to tie that with 90 seconds to go, right? So the thing we always talk about that game was, and this is how much ISU was an underdog, it, and it never would happen these days. But if you listen to the announcers, they're so ill prepared in that game. They didn't think ISU was going to make it a game at all. They were the 14 seed. They're saying everyone's names wrong. Okay. <laughs> it, you gotta go back and listen to. It. By the second half, they're starting to like you, you know say the names right. They they've called the game like four or five times, yeah. and then ISU comes done. back, keeps coming back, and second. Put a nail in them. Because you know in the first half, you know the Redbirds, you know got a lead, and you know right at halftime, I think we, we gave it up right, and then they went on a little bit of run, and they, you know they keep declaring the game's <laughs> over, but here comes Pes ISU. It's high seventy seventy. 
right? Yeah, and I don't think we should. And then they finally start believing it might be a game at that point. (laughs) It's just like amazing. Yeah, we we struggled down the stretch. We couldn't we couldn't get the ball to fall for us. I remember uh, there was one trip down the floor, and I don't know who was on the floor and exactly what was going on, but we had like three or four shots at it. We missed and we got a rebound and we missed it. We got a rebound and we missed it and got a rebound and we just couldn't find the bottom of the net. I, I think you just saw. When we went back to the other end to try and regroup on the defensive end, we couldn't do it. I think they hit a three, and I mean, it was yeah, just, that was like, a, who hit Higgins. that shot? That was Higgins. Yeah, it was like he's a bomb. It was like a dag. Yeah, yeah. He's a bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that team was deep and it was loaded with NBA players, right? And yeah, so, they were very good. They, they were, were very, very good, good team. You know, yeah. you guys, you guys came to play. You guys believed in us, and and. That's what it's all about, and that's that's yep. why the NCAA tournament is just so much fun. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. All right, so this is the end of episode 13 with Coach Jay Lowenthal. Coach, thank you so much. Thank My you pleasure. so much thank for you. coaching me. Thank you, right? Coach. I mean, thank you. Gerard and Sonny and Kago all told me to tell you, love you, thank you, right? Uh, and uh, Back at thank- you, every one of you. Huge influence to help us finish that. And uh, we didn't start off very well. We made a couple of bonehead beginning plays. Yes, you did. That, uh, we don't want to talk about we had, The worst game we had your, our first year, your senior year, was the loss at Western Illinois. Oh, boy. Oh boy. That one stuck. That one hurt. You may not remember it. But oh, no. We had, yeah, it was, that was not good. The, the coaching staff was not happy after that game. Yep. Well, then, I mean, how many other teams do you have? You guys lock us in the locker room. Now, I'm not sure DCFS would allow that today, having children locked in a locker room. But it probably never crossed your mind that we'd actually fight each other in the locker room. Yeah. Right? You know, I got con- to confess, I missed that game. I was on the road. I don't remember who it was. But whatever game Coming back was, from Creighton. It was, was, it, was it at Creighton? Yeah, we'd flown back from Creighton. We laid an egg at Creighton. Right. And I was not at the Creighton game. I was out on the road recruiting. And I remember going into the office the next morning, and Coach King and Coach Giacoletti came in, um, and they said, how was your night? And I just said, well, I saw a pretty good guy play, and I think we got a chance to get him. And I said, what in the heck happened in Omaha? And he said, they said, let me tell you the other part of the story. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? You got Everybody got home okay? He said, yeah. Well, there was a team meeting afterwards, and you are not going to believe what happened. And I, I, he, they're right. I, I just I couldn't believe it, but I was not there for that part of it. And, and as a player, we're all thick as thieves, right? That fight meant nothing, right? It, it got some frustration out because I think some guys were – we were still struggling with the previous coaching staff and we had not all fully bought in. We were at times, but not, but that fight, I think got, and and we all talk about it is the fact that it got us all to realize that we were all in this to win this. Right. And, and, um, I think it was probably, it's, it's, it's another one of those experiences. You talked about the team. Yeah. We had our second year that went for, Five and twenty-three. Well, you know that wasn't a lot of fun. No, but that was an experience that brought those yeah. guys together yeah. and brought the brought them together as a as players and 
helped the coaches and the players bond some, and I I can only guess what took place in that locker room, but it had to be helpful in the long run. <laughs> at the at the time, I imagine that was pretty scary. It was it was yeah. Uh, the, the, there was multiple punches going from multiple people being, and we were all mad at each other. We were frustrated. We knew we were better than what we were playing, right? Right. And it was just brothers fighting with brothers, right? I mean, because we're still thick as thieves, and, you know, um, there's no ill will from that at all. Um, it's just what needed to happen. So, again, let's wrap this up. Coach. Yeah, that rumor is that was inspiration for Thunderdome. <laughs> you know, the Mad Maxers. <laughs> This was a gas. Guys, thank you so much for including me. I, John, I appreciate the invitation and the call. and So much fun to, to talk so such fun memories and how great Illinois State is and was. And uh, Just wish, wish, the, wish the Redbirds all the best in the world and hope they can get back to that same success that we had. Yeah, we yeah agreed. Coach, thank you very much. And we'll Thanks. call this an end. Mr. Engineer. Thank you. <laughs>